How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. A very good Sunday morning to you. Live from the Northern Kia Studios. That's an interesting cover of Simon and Garfunkel, that's for sure. Hey, well, welcome to it. John Fricky with you for the next four hours here, uh, show without an open, only because the guest list, and it is an extensive guest list today, is going to be you. That's <laughs> why the show is, okay? It's you. Uh, and uh, one of the things I do with the fans show here, or what I do with all of you fans on this show, is to let you have your say and to come in here and be part of the show. So we'll get it kicked off here with Eric Slaughter running the board back at the uh, mothership and being part of the program. And you, phone number is always 404-726-0929. I, I mentioned yesterday, did a show yesterday, I'm, I'm doing 10 to 2 today, doing 10 to 2 tomorrow following Sam and Greg, and I said there's going to be a theme every day. Uh, today, yesterday's theme was the Hawks, though we are going to actually kind of start with the Hawks here. Today's theme will be the Falcons. We'll do a lot of talk about the Falcons here as we get ready for this uh, offseason ahead here. And then tomorrow the theme is going to be about the Braves. Okay? And we'll just let you know. And, yes, I'm sure that I'm sure that people, uh, Eric Slaughter, when, they, when we get to the Braves tomorrow, they're going to have a few choice words about these uniforms. Have you seen these things down at spring training? I have not. Have what do I need to go Google? Yeah, well, yeah, no, no, it's not. You know, I, the Braves have always had the dark, you know, navy blue hat with the red bill. And all of a sudden, they're you know, everybody's talking about the piping on the, you know, it's now, they look like the Minnesota Twins or something. What's the red hat with the blue bill thing? It's like, why? What is it? No. You know, I, I don't know that that's, I don't know. Anyway, I, but they're all worried about the uniforms. And all I can think about is, don't, I don't care if they dress in, you know the old, the the throwback uniforms, right? The the blue and white with the little bitty A thing, right? Those spark memories for those of us who remember when Ted Turner took over the team and they went to this kind of blue and white thing with a small little A about just how bad that team was, and they were b- bad until the early '80s when a couple of guys named Murphy and Horner showed up. They were bad. And so, I mean, I grew up with the, the, that uniform is not, no, no bueno. Except when this team wears it, guess what? The, the, oh, it's because the team is good. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. The, the team is great. Okay. So everybody's all caught up in the uniform here. I'm like, look, we're the World Series. You know, you wear the World Series, you're buying every piece of gear. It doesn't matter if they dress in purple. Okay. It doesn't matter. They could have orange polka dots on. Hey, I'm doing the polka dot thing, hey. Remember? I mean, we all talked about it. We're wearing pearls for crying out loud. Dudes are wearing pearls. 
<laughs> Why? Because they're winning. <laughs> That's the whole point. So, you know, don't, because you know, my, my beautiful bride is all, Eric, she's all worked up today. Uh, she's an Indiana Hoosier fan. It has not been the best season for her. former Hawks head coach Mike Woodson's back at his alma mater. It has not been the best season for Indiana. Okay, uh, they, um, they they're not probably not going to make the tournament, and so it's a little frustrating for her in that regard. And so, what's Indiana's big thing? They're going to come out, I guess, in all black uniforms today, which they've never done before. And you know, the old heads are like, "What are you doing? You're, oh my god!" And I'm like, "Watch, they'll win, right?" And then they'll just get hot in these uniforms, and then everybody will love them. Because <laughs> it's about winning. It's not about, you know, not about what they're wearing. It's about what you're doing. On the, it's about the scoreboard, okay? Uh, I get the old – look, I get and I understand. <clears throat> I have a great appreciation for tradition and traditional uniforms and helmets and hats and all that kind of stuff. I, I, that's, that, that is not lost on me. I'm just saying that when you're wrapped up in the uniform, you know, I think we have more important things to worry about. Now, if they don't, now, if the Braves change uniforms, right, and they come out, because these new Nike uniforms that baseball's doing are just, they're not, they're not. Uh, if they come out and they change and they start not winning anymore, oh, now, now then that becomes a problem, right? Right. Why? Because they're not winning. So, you know, I, and I understand. I get it. I totally get it. All right, so what do we have today? we got the uh, the NBA All-Star game tonight. You ready for – are you going to be watching Eric Slaughter any of the NBA All-Star game? Yes, that, I'll watch like, the best like, part, the introductions of the players. Okay, and, then, and we're done. I that, mean, that it'll much, be on in the right. background, but I definitely won't be paying attention. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, this is – that the All-Star game takes second place to All-Star Saturday night is not a new thing. Uh, let me go back to a, a point I made yesterday. I was, I've been, just me, extremely fortunate uh, that I have had this life. And back in 1985, CNN sent me to Indianapolis, where the All Star Game is, uh, to cover All Star Weekend. And I was reporting then. I was 25 years old, and I got to sit with my photographer from CNN uh, courtside to watch at Market Square Arena uh, All Star Saturday, which was Dominique beating. Uh, Michael Jordan and Dr. J in the finals of the slam dunk. Now, now that's pretty cool, you know. And so uh, I got to see that. And then the next day, and that was the big thing, and the ratings were off the charts, and it was the beginning of the Jordan explosion, and Neek, and, and Dr. J. Dr. J, by the way, going into that, Dr. J was by far the bigger star than, than Michael Jordan and Dominique at that point. Uh, and uh, then the next day was the All-Star game, which was at the uh, uh, RCA Dome. Uh, of course, it's Lucas Oil Stadium. They told down the old RCA Dome. So we went to the All-Star game, and it was like, eh, you know, okay. Even that, that, was 19, that was almost 40 years ago, and it was like the All-Star game was a kind of a letdown. And after last night with that slam, uh, this is, eh, okay. Jackson hitting a foul line jump shot is not quite the same as a Dominique windmill dunk from the win. <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> just, just not. Uh, so last night we had the um, – who won the uh, – Eric, help me out here. Who won the Everybody Dunks Over Shaq competition thing? I don't know. I know Dame Willard won three-pointer, but I, that's all I can give you, John. Oh, Mac McClung won. That's right. Yeah, Mac McClung. Superstar Mac One-trick He's pony repeat. Mac McClung. Hey, good for him. Yes, he did. Back-to-back. Back. You're saying, who is Mac McClung? Because, I mean, doesn't that sound like like the dude has like a boy band in the 1980s, uh, 1990s? You know, Mac McClung? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a G League player who is a kind of one-trick pony. 
because if he were any, he's back-to-back slam dunk champion, but he's not in the he's not in the league. Why? Because he's just a dunker. He doesn't have anything else. And so uh, you know, and people are all mad. Jalen Brown's all mad, and I'm like, look, this is why you get Jacob, not even Obi Toppin. You get Jacob Toppin, and why is Jalen Brown even in this thing? Because you ruin your brand by losing to some dude in the G League who's a one-trick pony. And, and how about we come up with something besides jump, jumping over Shaq? You know, I mean, but whatever. Uh, so everybody jump over Shaq was won by uh, Mac McClung. Then it was the Trey show from that point on. He goes out and kills it in the skills competition, though his teammates kind of let him down. But he's like perfect on the passing, and they finish second in that. He goes out, makes eight in a row in, in the three-point shootout, and somehow Dame beats him. But Trey put on a show. But then Trey had the moment of the night. Because the moment of the night was not jumping over some guy that's on NBA TV. The moment of the night was recorded off television by by people with cell phones of Trey walking back behind the bench and in front of the stands, right? Okay. And some dude leans over and, and pulls out a C-note and says to him, pulls out a Benjamin and says, Hey, Trey, 100 bucks if you can hit this shot from right here right now. And Trey just turns around and boom. And turn, grabs the 100 bucks, walks off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment of the night. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I tweeted that out on my Twitter at John Fricky J O H N F R I C K E. Trey won the night last night. Okay, he's the one making the hundred dollar. I mean, that's pretty. That's ice tray right there. You know what I'm saying? That's ice tray. Some dude throws up a hundred. Right in front of you, he just grabs the ball, turns around from off the court, in front of the stands, behind the bench, bam. You know, that's good. All right, thanks. I'll walk away. Uh, yeah, that was the moment of the night. So, uh, Trey won the night last night, but uh, apparently he's not Apparently he's not an all-star. You know, right? We'll whisper that, like, on the down low here. Uh, one other uh, little bit of news. By the way, we're going to get into what Trey said. What he said last night. We're going to get into that after the uh, after the first segment here because I want to walk you through it. Uh, yes, we're going to talk Falcons today, but I think we need to address this because I think it's being taken in the wrong way. On social- oh, something's being taken in the wrong way on, on X or social media? Yeah, and it's being taken in the wrong way here. And Let me just kind of walk you through. Uh, we'll play the soundbite, and I'll walk you through kind of where we are with this. <clears throat> that This is just going to be my take on that. Uh, other news today, just uh, for a few uh, brief headlines, they have just announced the Daytona 500 is uh, being postponed. It will not be run today in Daytona. It's pouring rain down there, so they're going to run it tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Now, that's fine. I mean, tomorrow's what? President's Day, right? Is that right? Is that what it is, Eric? It's, it's some holiday. That is correct. Uh, You're correct. President's Day. Okay. So it's it's a holiday, so it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not like a work day. But there are there are dudes down there, right, who were going to the race today, and then driving home tomorrow because it's President's Day because they don't have to work. Now suddenly they you know they spent all this money. They you know they bought tickets. You know what? They've rented space for the RV. They they pay for hotel rooms. They're out all this cash. They got to go to the race, right? So it, it starts tomorrow at four. But but I'm I'm guessing the dudes have to work on Tuesday. So they're going, okay, they're doing math in their head. All right, so the race starts at 4. It's going to end 7.30, you know, and then, you know, traffic. We're out of here at 10, right? And how far a drive is Jacksonville to Atlanta? What, like 8, 8, 9, right? Daytona to Atlanta, 9 hours maybe? They're getting back like what, 5 in the morning? 
and you got to be at work at five six in the morning, and you got to be. There's going to be some tired people on Tuesday morning showing up at your work. <laughs> uh, see, just be be kind to them on Tuesday morning, okay? Because somebody's going to walk into the shop, you know, and Bob, Bob, hey Bob, 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 are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, dude. <laughs> Somebody's going to be on like a four-day bender, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, <laughs> hungover, exhausted, you know, so. But so they're going to run it tomorrow at uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, one quick Falcons note here. There's all sorts of mock drafts out there right now, and one of the things we'll get into, uh, one of the many areas of the Falcons that we'll get into, it will be about these mock drafts. This NFL.com one that's got them trading up for Jaden Daniels is getting a lot of play. i kind of walk you through that, too. One other little note, and this is a news note just to start the show. I, Eric, did you see um, – now, I, I, I raised my hand, and this is no offense to Channel 546 to anybody. I, I don't watch local news, okay? I just – it's not a thing I do. Did you see the story, though, that they did about the Atlanta airport terminal and closing it? No. Please inform me. So, uh, you know, and, and the only reason I know this is because it was all over the acts. Um, and so I watched a couple stories about it this morning. Apparently, you know, there's a, a problem with the homeless. <laughs> I could have told you that. Uh, in the food court, uh, they're in the terminal, okay? Because right now you can go to – it used to be before 9-11 – that you could go, like, park your car, and you could you could walk Grandma all the way to the D concourse and sit with her at gate D24 in the concourse. The only thing you couldn't do was go onto the plane, right? I mean, you didn't have to – there was no security. I mean, you just – you walked through the terminal, you got on the elevator, you got on the plane train, you went out to D concourse, and you sat there with Grandma, and then you she got on the, the – and you waved bye to her, and she'd be, like, in the plane, and you'd be inside the gate there, waving bye through the window, and all these people. You know, there was – then 9-11 happens, and they they do the whole security thing, right? you got to go through security, take off your shoes because of the shoe bomber, and all that kind of stuff. And so you can't get anywhere past that. But you can get from the curb outside – into security, you just can't go any farther than that. You can't go onto the train. You can't go down into the right. All right. Now they're saying we are going to block you from going from the ticket counter right into the food court terminal area. You're not going to be able to do that, or we're not going to even let you come into the <clears throat> maybe not even let you come into the building if you don't have a ticket. And because and I got to told you this. I mean, I've been in the airport enough. I mean, they have a, they're having a homeless problem with all the homeless that are sleeping in the in the food court overnights. And I'm like, okay, well, that, yeah, that's that, that's a problem. I get it, uh, but you know. But I would imagine we're not the prepared. only metropolitan that has that kind of situation. Oh, I'm sure we're not. Uh, but you know, I mean, but here's the thing. You know, right now, you know, the backup right now at security sometimes, right? What's the ba- if they don't let anybody into the building? What's the backup like out on the curb? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that would create a whole nother problem. Yeah, this is gonna be an, whether it's at the curb or whether it, they're at the ticket counter and you can't go past the ticket counter. My guess is they'll probably start there. You can't go past the ticket counter, so you can't get into that food court area. You know where the Atlanta Bread Company is. There's a Popeyes in there and other stuff. You know before you even go into security, you can't even get there. Like, you know how you would go to the top of the escalators and wait for somebody to come up? Nope, that's not happening no more. You can't get past baggage claim. So, I, I think they're just going to say, nope, you have to have a ticket to get beyond here. 
When we get back in a moment, Trey, last night, it was the Trey show. Dude dude should have won the skills challenge. His teammates let him down. He, he had Dame dead right, made eight in a row, but he's not an all-star. He, had, he hits the $100 shot that's all over social media, right? And then he said something when he was asked a question about, a, about another player, about Wemby. We're going to play the soundbite, and I'm going to tell you why some people are off and running with this, and I'm kind of going, slow your roll. We'll do that, and then we'll get into the Falcons. It's all ahead with you today on Sports Radio 99 The Game. The game. MLS Soccer is back in the ATM. Oh, that sounds so sweet. I got a basketball just for so Come on, Coach Booty. Rep has a sing-along with us. Basketball talk. Everybody. Cheech Marin. Cheech You had never heard this song before, Eric Slaughter, had you? I had never heard of this song. This is pretty cool. Uh, this was uh, this song is like 50 years old. It actually charted. It's Cheesy Chog. It's Basketball Joes. That basketball like a basketball to me. I it just it was just a, off. I think it was off Up in Smoke. Uh, just a classic old Cheesy Chog song. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, if you had a Basketball Joes last night, d- d- the the media doesn't want. It's so funny because you you look at again. Here we go because this is my such a gripe, and I only know this because I worked in the national sports media. And I used to have to fight these people all the time, and they're biased. Tr- trust me, the national sports media is biased beyond words. I-, I worked with these people in New York. I worked with these people at CNN. I worked with these people at Fox in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know by looking at ESPN.com that Trey Young was even in the building yesterday. Okay? I'd argue to you, I'm not asking him to put, to put up the Trey show. I'd argue to you, though, it was the Trey show. Nobody was better than he was yesterday. I mean, he didn't win anything, John. I know, but you know what? It was not his fault. I mean, he was, like, near perfect in the past. He had a record in the passing thing in the skills competition. His team was terrible. He had to try and carry them. They almost won because of him. He makes eight in a row in the three-pointer, and the only reason he didn't win because Dame just decides to go nuclear. And, and then he makes the shot of the night with a $100 bet on social media and you wouldn't know he was in the building. It's like, okay. I mean, you just, again, I'm not. One of the things that I always tell you is that as fans, if you don't see your team getting, you know, ranked or, uh, you know, like like I'm kind of sort of complaining right now, and I am complaining, uh, I admit this, uh, it, that Trey isn't getting enough love for what he did yesterday. You're not looking – we're not being respected. No, it's not respect, okay? It's attention. We, we're not getting enough attention here. Now, maybe the Hawks haven't earned it, but I think Trey has. I think Trey is grossly undersold into where he stands in the hierarchy of, of NBA players. I really do. And for all you Trey haters out there, look, it's fine. There were Ryan haters. There were Vic haters. There were Freddie haters. There were Cunha haters. I don't know. Whatever reason you have, which makes no sense to me, but go ahead, do do whatever you want to do here. And if you're an Atlanta fan who doesn't like Trey for whatever reason, again, I'm Team Trey, all right, but that's okay. You and I just disagree here. You can't deny that there is an irretrievable fact that he is a tremendous basketball player. The dude is going to the Hall of Fame. Unless he gets injured, he'll end up in the Hall of Fame. We understand that, right? Everybody understand that he's going to go to the Hall of Fame? 
He's already, at his age already, and he's already qualified, fourth all-time in the history of the NBA in assists per game. All-time. Fourth in the history of the NBA in assists per game. He also leads by a large margin. He hit one of those logos last night in that skills thing. By a large margin over, there's nobody even close to him in logo shots. I mean, Steph is not even in his universe of logo shots. Okay? So, the the guy has a tremendous, remarkable game. Oh, by the way, he's seventh in the league in steals. Oh, you mean he plays a little bit of defense? You mean he's seventh in the entire NBA in steals per game? Yeah. Oh. So, he does play a little bit of defense. Yeah, 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 a little bit. So, and he's a superstar. And I, and I don't – did Trey do something to somebody that I missed somewhere? I, I He's, I mean, yeah, I know he can be kind of mercurial, but guess what? So what? He's a star. All stars are mercurial. They're they're all that way. There are very few that aren't. John, I'll tell you exactly what Trey Young did to somebody. You want to know? Yeah, I want to know. I'm listening. Okay. He, he didn't get a uniform that read Chicago on the front or New York on the front or Los Angeles on the front. He got one that said Atlanta on the front. That, that was his biggest problem. Yeah, well, then he, he bowed at Madison Square Garden. He made the media understand. When he bowed, when they spit on him, I mean, the, the dude took one for the team. How about he took one for the city? They spit on him at Madison Square Garden. They started chanting blank Trey Young at Madison Square Garden, and it got so bad that the Braves went to City Field to play the Mets, and the Mets fans were chanting blank Trey Young to yeah, the Yeah, but, Braves. you know, the, the, the Braves and the New York <laughs> Mets and, uh, you know, some lefty closer from back in the 90s, that's been a love-hate situation for quite some time. Well, I, yeah, but who cares about the Mets? I mean, you know, I'm not going back to John Rocker here. I'm just telling you that, that you know, that, that the Mets are bitter. I mean, but Mets fans are bitter. Again, I work there. I'm lead anchor at Sports Channel in New York. Know a little bit about these people. They, um, what they are is they're bitter. And they're not so much bitter. That they're bitter because they get no, again, it's attention. I go back to what I just said about respect. It's attention. They get no attention in the New York market. They haven't won a World Series since 1986, and they only won it because Bill Buckner didn't know how to field a ground ball at first base. And they haven't won one in nearly 40 years. And the attention in New York, the Mets, if you're stacking teams in New York, where do the Mets fall? Let's see, right. What's the number one team in town? You're going to be surprised. Do you know what the – I learned this when I was in New York. Every team has – every town has a team that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. That gets the most attention, right? Do you know what team gets the most attention in New York? New York Giants. No. Yankees? No. The uh, Rangers? No. I'm Keep trying. The New York Knicks? Yes. Okay, it's a basketball town. Okay. You know, they ain't got no champion. They, they don't have 20, they don't, the they, most attention. They don't have 27 World Series, but okay, yeah, okay. I, can, I guess I understand. I, I understand. Football's but the biggest the sport in, 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 this, in the country, but okay, right, if you say so. The New York Knicks, gotcha. Uh, yeah, well, no, football's the biggest sport, obviously, but but the, the Giants and the Jets fans split, you know, uh, some of the things that go out. And there's a, enough Mets fans that they kind of split off from the Yankees. The Nets are a, an afterthought, okay? They're like a pimple. All right, uh, they just are. I mean, there. Well, there's a team in Brooklyn. Is there a team, in- Bob? Is there a team in Brooklyn? Yeah. Oh, there is. 
The New Jersey Nets are over Yeah, that team that used to play out on the island, didn't – what was those those ABA guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play – they still use that multicolored ball? Yeah. If you take out soccer, New York has two NBA teams. They have two Major League Baseball teams, two NFL teams. They have three hockey teams, right? So that gives them nine. You know, I mean, so – I mean, they've got nine professional teams. Well, we win more championships than you do in Atlanta. Well, let's see here. We've got one, two, three. How many teams do you have? Nine, 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 nine. Okay, uh, and the the least number nine on the on the pecking order, the very last bottom, 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 bottom of the rung, there is the New Jersey Devils. Okay, and then right ahead of them, the Icelanders, the New York Icelanders. But the Knicks are the number one team in town. Uh, then it's like you, you have to debate whether it's the Yankees or the Giants. Uh, and then you, but then you go down. It's Yankees and Giants, either two, three. They're right there. So and now we get to four, and we're talking about okay. Well, you know the Jets because it is the NFL, and then five. It's the Rangers because they are really popular. The Rangers are and number six. Oh, uh, the Mets actually below. Yeah, the Mets, they may be the sixth best team in town. So they're bitter. You know that's why. They're bitter. They don't win. Nobody cares about them. They're like some team over there plays in Queens or whatever. All right. So they're and they're chanting blank Trey Young. So Trey yesterday says this uh, in All Star Saturday night because some reporter asked him a question about, you know, that there's a lot of rumors about speculation about the Lakers or this team or that team. And so the, the way the reporter puts it to him is, hey, you know, uh, San Antonio went out there and drafted this Wemby who's a freak of a dude, but they're no good. So um, what does Wemby, in your opinion, need alongside of him to help him uh, and uh, to help him mature and become a star? They're asking Trey Young about helping people mature. Okay. Uh, so, they're, so they ask him, how does he, you know, get better? And, and what does he need? And this is what Trey says. <laughs> uh, anybody – I mean, the kind of player that can help him win a championship. I mean, make it make his job easier for him. I mean, somebody who can just help him. So that's that's the type of player he needs around him. Oh yeah, okay. Guess what? That's spur- oh, what did that spur? <coughs> that was bad words. Uh, oh, everybody in San Antonio took the X. Trey's going to be a spur. Trey says he wants to be with Wemby in San Antonio. And I thought, well, okay, I guess. I think that's a reach. He was just answering the question. Somebody said, what does Wemby need? And Trey's like, needs another dude. But everybody took that to mean, hey, I'm willing. It was. They said, Trey, Trey said, I'll raise my hand. I'll move to San Antonio. Uh, take me. I'll make Wemby. A st- I don't think he said that. But he, you know, I guess because he didn't say, no, that's not me. Because he didn't actually have, I didn't think he had to say it. But because he didn't say, that's not me. A lot of people were like, Trey wants to be with Wemby. And I thought for a second, all right, that's not really the way I'm taking this. But let's roll with it for a second here. Eric Slaughter, if I'm training Trey Young to the San Antonio Spurs, if the Spurs, because you know, there's been rumors about Trey going to the Lakers and all this kind of stuff, if we're going to blow this thing up at the end, and by by the way, when I say blow it up, I want to be real clear. All you have to do to blow up the Atlanta Hawks is trade Trey Young. That blows up the Atlanta Hawks. That it's not like you have to get rid of everybody. You could get rid of one guy, and you're blowing up the team. Okay, because it's all about that one guy. So. If they were to trade Trey Young to San Antonio, right, this is what I would want. I would want San Antonio's next four number one picks, okay, their next four in a row, 2024, not, and none of them lottery protected. Exactly. Not not, not top three protected. It, it, it definitely. No yeah, no protection. Yeah, yeah, no protection. I agree. 
Oh, I agree. I agree one thousand percent. Because they're going to be probably yeah, top three this year. Four number for sure. ones. Okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So we're going to get a top three pick this year. I want four number ones not protected. You know, I mean, and and okay, you know, and and if that's the case, then fine. Then I'm trading everybody and uh, offloading this thing and letting Quinn Snyder build a brand new team. Okay. Now l- okay. let's think about that realistically. If you get it from them, the only one that's probably going to be top five will be this year. Because if you put Trey Young and Wimbyama, a sophomore, second-year player, on that Spurs team mm-hmm. with Greg Popovich, they instantly become a top-five team in the West. Would you say that? I uh, don't know. Uh, I, it's hard to say. Um, how does I, – I don't know how the mix works. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that uh, Trey needs to go to a team. I, I think the best of Trey – what if I argue to you the best of Trey is he goes to a team like the Lakers and LeBron decides he's going to play till he's 68 uh, and uh, he has to defer to somebody, right? And because he goes to the Spurs, he ain't deferring to Wemby. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. Now, he might have to defer to Pop. That's a different story. Uh, so I'm, could they be a better team? Would they be top five in the West? I don't know. West's pretty good. Um, are they better than the Nuggets? No. Are they better than the Clippers? Probably not. Are they better than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Are they still assembled the same way they are? Possibly. No. No, I, I don't know. Minnesota's good, but if, you, if I, I, Wimby and Trey I mean, Young versus Cat and Ant-Man, that's, a dime, okay. that's two diamond well, one-twos. No, I'm not saying that they wouldn't be. They could be. Yes, they could be top five. They could, sure. Would they be better than they are now? Well, yeah. But again... The Trey haters out there, to circle back to this again, if you want Trey out, you know what's going to happen. He's going to go someplace like San Antonio. They'll get Wemby, and then they'll get that other piece in, okay? They'll get that other veteran to come down there and play the big power forward that can rebound and block, and and suddenly Pop's going to have a a team that wins an NBA world title, and you're going to go, why did we trade Trey? Just won a world title in San Antonio. Well, well, that's right. I'm trying to tell you a little bit. I'm just saying. But congrats, Trey. It was a hell of a show. He tweeted out, maybe I can make some regular threes tonight with a smiling emoji. I hope you can. I hope we go out and win an MVP title for this All-Star game. Maybe make it your weekend here. What did um, Terry Fontenot say about the quarterbacking situation with the Atlanta Falcons? Well, we're going to play a soundbite for you, and you can kind of guess this. We're going to jump into that next as we continue uh, with John Fricke on a Sunday morning on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Two six zero nine two nine. All right, uh, NBA All Star Game tonight uh, again. Daytona Five Hundred is going to be tomorrow because of the rain, and they'll uh, drop the green flag at four o'clock tomorrow. You're going to have some tired coworkers who might be down there uh, spending a four day bender and <laughs> having to stay another day if you're going into work on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to get into the Falcons today. I mentioned it's going to be the bulk of the show today. A couple hours with the Falcons here. I want to kind of begin with the quarterbacking situation and the latest on that, and kind of get it. Uh, not out of the way. You're welcome to talk about it, but I really kind of want to, if if we can today, expand this conversation a little bit because understand here, it's February the 18th, okay? Three weeks from tomorrow, three weeks from tomorrow, free agency begins in three weeks. So uh, we've got to get ready for this because the way the NFL does this, free agency comes first and then the draft, which I think is bass backwards, but they don't ask me. But they so they do the free agency first in three weeks, and we got to get into this free agent thing because we have to see what the Falcons are going to do in free agency, which will then set up what they're going to do 
in the draft. Okay, All right. So let's begin with the the latest kind of on the the number one issue. Obviously, was getting a new head coach and getting a new coaching staff. The number two issue is who is this new coach and the new offense coordinator and the new quarterback coach, that being Raheem Morris, uh, Zach Robinson, and T.J. Yates. Uh, who are they going to go after here in terms of a quarterback? Uh, you know, are they going to draft somebody? And Terry Fontenot, of course, is the general manager. Is he going to go out and try and get a veteran to come in here? How is this all going to play out? So Terry Fontenot's on with uh, our old friend Steve Weish, one of the leading NFL experts in the entire country, NFL Network, NFL Report. This is just a little 90-second clip when Steve Weish is talking with the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons about the quarterbacking situation in Flowery Branch. No, that, that, that is a, that's an outstanding question, and, and that's why you, you do. You evaluate players at every point in their career, and that's why it's so critical as we go through free agency and, again, possible trades, we're evaluating every player. You're never going to look at a report from last year or the year before. We're going to look at the evolution of the players. And so, um, yes, to answer your question, your, your question, it is we have to be detailed and evaluate players in every phase. Look, it's the same way with people. Um, you, you can have someone that you know you knew at a certain point in their career as a coach, and then now three or four years later, okay, where are they at this point in their career? We all grow and adapt. So um, speaking in, in general about any player that we have to make sure we have recent reports and um, know where they are at this point in their careers. All right. See, now I, I'm going to tell you what I took from this, Okay. He talked about growing and adapting, where they are at this point. You know, we, we evaluate people, you know, at every point in their career. He used the word evolution. We all grow. We all change. We all get older. It's, in fact, a life here. Uh, and my guess is you're not the same person you were five years ago because what? You, you grew and you evolved and you became a, hopefully a better person. You certainly know more. It's one of the things when I always get a kick out of, this is a little side note over here, Eric. You know, when when I get shouted out by some, you know, 22-year-old, you know, boomer, I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, yeah. You know, I've, I've learned a thing or two there, champ. Uh, just, I'm just saying, because I know a lot more now than I did when I was your age. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot. Because you live life, right? Terry Fontenot is considered to be the best pro player scout in the game which is why he was so effective in bringing players in who still had something in the tank and getting them for next to nothing in the salary cap hell and making this team, uh, the first couple of years of Arthur Smith, a viable entity. He did such a good job of that. And bringing in now uh, players who are going to really complement the team, the Omenyatas of the world, for example, here. Uh, if you want to talk about people growing and adapting, well, just look at the coaching situation. Raheem Morris... Oh, I always love this. Fans go, Raheem Morris, no good. Look what he did in Tampa. What did Terry Fano just tell you? You know, whether he was an interim in Atlanta or the head coach in Tampa where he didn't have a very good team, he's grown as a coach. He's grown. He's, he's adapted. He's grown. I, I fall into the camp of until it goes sideways. <laughs> I know some Falcons fans are like, that would be an everything yeah, all the time. Uh, the glass half empty people. That Raheem Morris is going to be a really good hire. I also take this that the, he is saying to me, Eric, he's saying to me, and I'm wondering if you're hearing the same thing. Look, we evaluated, without saying it directly, we evaluated Justin Fields at the time of the draft. 
and we thought he was either immature, not ready to play in the NFL, there were problems. Now we are reevaluating him based on what we have seen so far as a professional player in three years. Is that what you're taking? Because that's the way I took it. That's exactly what he said. And, you know, it was another part of that clip that I kind of trimmed out where they actually mentioned Justin Fields. And he said, you know, I can't talk about a player that's on the contract. Right. You're trying to get, trying right. to get me fined. I'm not going to answer that question. I, I didn't feel we need to play that part because, you know, we didn't want to put any speculation. But that's exactly what he was saying. Right. And so, which is why, you know, you can't talk about the player. So how does he talk about the player – Without talking about the player, he talks about evaluating players, which, by the way, is the only way to do it, right? I mean, again, people change, players change, yeah. players get better, they get worse, they get injured. They right. I mean, you have to evaluate players in different ways, coaches mm-hmm. in different ways. It's true of everything. I'll give you a prime example in life, Ryan Leaf. I, I think Ryan Leaf is one of the great stories in sports. I know he, he's close to th- you. This so. dude, yeah. all right, yes, it's very close to me, all right, extremely close to me. Because he and I went toe-to-toe, face-to-face, nose-to-nose on multiple occasions in San Diego. That wasn't you Uh, that uh, Junior say y'all had to rescue you from. That wasn't you, was it, John? No, no, that was Jay Posner. See, so that had to do – he's screaming at Jay Posner, I'm talking to Junior, okay? And all of a sudden, Leaf gets up, starts screaming at Jay Posner, and and I I look at Junior, and Junior looks at me, and Junior says – Johnny, I got to go stop this. And so he goes over there. Junior said I was the only person in the world that I ever let. He, he, he could call me Johnny. <laughs> the only one. Not really? even my wife. But you were Junior you were in that locker room. You were in that locker room there for that moment. Yeah, I was talking to Junior. Wow. That's well, it's my camera. What? That's my camera. John, you man, yeah, I, you a celebrity, John? That's because we we had just finished. We had just fin- I just finished interviewing Junior, and, and so I'm talking to him, and our camera, you know, all of a sudden Ryan, you know. Ryan starts screaming, and our camera turns around, and Johnny, I, I got to go rescue. You know, I got to go rescue this. So that's when Junior steps into the picture to go split it up and get Leaf over here. Uh, and by the way, that was it's it's the most notable one on Ryan Leaf. I don't want to spend any time on Ryan Leaf. It's the most notable one on Ryan Leaf. It is a mild, mild situation compared to the other situations that took around Ryan Leaf. Okay, and that dude now, you know. He's he's married. He's got kids. He's you know been Motiv- sober motivational for, se- speaker. Motiv- I've seen some of his motivational, motivational speaker. Yeah. I've had him on the air. He is. It's like who, who are you? He's totally a different person. I mean, so and, and it's such a great, wonderful story. Uh, and I hope he stays this way. Doesn't relapse. I mean, not saying he would, but I mean, he is. It's really a great story to to have done this conversion. This is uh, you want to talk about 180 degree. That's 180 degree. So. The point of telling that little story there was that Steve Weiss asked Terry Fontenot, and what Terry Fontenot says is, look, you know, I, I'm reading between the lines here, but Terry Fontenot is saying, look, we did not – there was something about Justin Fields we did not like when he was coming out of Ohio State. Otherwise, we would have drafted him. Now, it wasn't like the Falcons were the only ones. Remember, Justin Fields fell to, what, number 11, okay? And so it wasn't like everybody was clamoring until the Bears took him at 11. There was something there that they didn't like. And so they went, well, you know, we got this, you know, unicorn of a tight end that we, we think we can take at Kyle Pitts. Everybody's like, yeah, you need a quarterback. Yeah, but there's something there we don't like, which was borne out, by the way, to some degree by Justin Fields going public last year, or did you forget this, in calling out Bears management. Now, Bears management didn't forget. They did not forget that Justin Fields called them out. <laughs> 
publicly. And so there's – and maybe he was – maybe in your world he was right to do that uh, because he was getting killed back there, as you used to say. But, you know, they, so you got to do your due diligence is the point. Every mock draft, though, is taking into effect, even though Kevin Warren – Kevin Warren was the commissioner of the Big Ten. Kevin Warren uh, leaves as commissioner of the Big Ten and uh, in the last few months and became the new president of the Bears. The Bears. So he's the president and CEO of the Bears. He was in an interview this week where he was effusive, to use a big word for the, those of you in, in Ackworth, that means heaping praise on, uh, Justin Fields, effusive about him, about how great a player he was and we want to build around him. But he has to say that, I think, for the public consumption. You heard Eric Slaughter, the, the, the Kevin Warren soundbite, right? Yes, I did. him praising Justin Fields. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm the way I took this one was that it, it's not that Kevin Warren wants to keep Justin Fields. He wants to keep the price of Justin Fields up. I See, I think they're trading Justin Fields. He said that Justin Fields wants to be a better player. Justin Fields is doing everything it takes to be a better player and a better a leader of the team. You know, he was, he was doing the PR game saying, that, hey, man, he was working hard and he, he wants to be a superstar. He wants to be the best ever, you know. He, he's a salesman. That's what he's doing. Right. So, and, and, and right. And he's selling and keeping the price up there because he knows that there are multiple teams that would be interested. Now, they, they, they the, the Bears, uh, you know, uh, as they look at it, every, literally every, every single, and you could go through Yahoo, 40 people at NFL.com, 40 people at ESPN.com, rivals, Walter Football. And, and let me stop for a second. There's a site called Walter, W-A-L-T-E-R, WalterFootball.com. I use specific sites for specific things because I think that in my 45 years in this business and ever since they invented the Internet there, Al Gore, thanks, uh, is that there are certain sites that are that are just better. Okay, Phil Steele is the best college football analyst in terms of analyzing you know, strength of a team, and I, he has no equal. And um, when it comes to the draft, to me, I, I really put a lot of stock in CBS Sports NFL draft rankings. I think they do a wonderful job. I think NFL.com does too. I think they're both better than ESPN. And then when it comes to mocks, Walter football is really good. So it's one that you want to just add, okay? It's just a really solid site. Uh, and WalterFootball.com. And if you're an NFL mock draft person, that's a place you might want to go. Uh, so anyway, so everybody has, the point is, everybody, and I don't, I, by the way, transparency, I got no stock, and I don't even know the folks at Walter Football, um, is that everybody still is mocking Caleb Williams number one. Why? Because he's going to go number one. Because <laughs> he just is. <laughs> and so the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. The only question is to whom and for what? And how much do, do the Falcons want to – I'm still in the camp of go ahead and give him, bring him home. He's gonna, he's not gonna be quarterback in the Bears next year. Bring him home, you know. I don't care. Trade, trade this move, Ritter, if you want. I, I think the, the Falcons would prefer not to do that. I, I think you know, but they could. They, you know, they could say, listen, how about Desmond and one of our third round picks, and we'll take Justin Fields as opposed to say our second round pick and we'll take Justin Fields. So they may, you know, that may happen. I think in, in a perfect world, uh, I think the Falcons would see Jacksonville sign uh, Calvin Ridley, Ridley do a new deal, and then get another and have that pick elevated from a third to a second, and uh, then trade that pick for Justin Fields. In a perfect world, 
because I think the Falcons will like to keep Ritter. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see how it kind of all goes. Now, my question to you today has not, is not really based on that. My question to you, the question we're going to ask right at the top of the hour, what position besides quarterback, now you want to weigh in on the quarterback, you can. What position besides quarterback is the most critical to get right in this offseason? Which one is the most critical to get right besides quarterback for this team? 404-726-0929. Tell me why. On Sports Radio 90 time again. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.